church is here tonight, don't we? Bless, blessed, amen. Why don't you just give Brother Ford a good bend there? Welcome to this pulpit here again tonight. God bless him. Bless him. Oh, let's love the Lord tonight. Come on, you ain't loved him too much yet. Come on, you haven't outdone yourself yet. God, he's greater than all of that already. Hallelujah. He is the almighty God. If he never done another thing for you, he's already done enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he is the I am. Don't praise him for what he's done, but praise him for who he is today. Oh, he is the almighty and there's not another. There's none beside him. He had no counselor. He had nobody to converse with and say, should I do this this way or should I do it that way? Well, praise God. He said, alone I stand out the heavens and the earth. And so tonight, it is a faithful promise of God that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And he will never leave us alone. Everybody say, I am not alone. How many believe tonight that you're not alone? That God is with you everywhere you go. And what I want us to do is just start living like it. We believe it. We want to believe it. We say it, we want to believe it, but we don't live like it. Now, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to get you to see where I am. When I, when, a lot of times when I preach and I talk to you, it's talking from a perspective that I've looked through, the prism that I'm looking through. Because God is calling me to a place. Well, Quinn, I can't get there by myself. I don't even know the path to take to get to it. So how would I even dare to go and to try to transcend to that? He told Moses, but there is a place by me upon a rock. There is a place. There is a place by me. And except God set the mountain of fire and mark his presence in his place where he is on the mount, how could I ever find him to get there? But he's got a place where he wants you to be. And he wants to draw you into those deep places. Well, I tell you, lately, I just cannot put, um, I just cannot put a sermon together. And I don't know if I've ever even preached a sermon after all these years. The harder I try, the less I have to write down. And uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, because I'm getting old or if God's trying to tell me something or do something to me. And uh, y'all know, and I don't say this just to have, but y'all know, and my wife can tell you, I'm just, I'm just a little bit different. Um, 
not quite eccentric, but just, um, I sometimes think, I think in, um, in, the, in avenues that maybe normal people don't think. And sometimes I don't know how I get there. I just find myself there. And I don't want it to be a place of my own, uh, of my own devices or my own whim or my own uh, wisdom or, or my own thinking. But uh, to have the heartbeat of Christ and the mind of the Spirit is everything. And everything outside of that, after all, is, is nothing. Preacher said it this morning, what if a man should gain the whole world? What are all the external things, what are their worth compared to what that you have in Christ Jesus and the effectual workings of that that you have in him and through him, by him and for him, for the glory of his kingdom that is dwelling in you. See, he didn't call you for you to be uh, just to fill up a pew or just to say I I'm saved and I'm ready to go but no he's got you in a body fitly framed you can be seated I, I, I want to talk to you hallelujah I, I got all this stuff going on and uh hallelujah but God's God's good to us he wants us to uh he wants us to uh, uh to endeavor to grow stronger in him I'm gonna cut this singing mic I'd like to talk to us just for a few moments. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll. Uh, can y'all hear that? Yeah, there we go. I, I hear some. I hear some sound now. Listen to the sound. Can you hear it on your ear? My voice is going through. Is it all right for you? Well, hallelujah! Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God, praise God. If you got your Bibles, I would, uh, I would like to read a scripture or two. I don't know how I'm going to get this done, but I'm just going to dive in and just start somewhere. It might be in the middle. We may go both ways. I don't, I don't really know. But maybe I won't take long. Maybe I'll just get some of the, just the main thing and just go on and forget about all the rest. But, <clears throat> but I have had something on my mind. I was so afraid Brother Moore was going to get on it the last couple of Wednesday nights. The guy this morning, I was afraid he might mess all of it up and get into some of it. and Not mess it up, but, you know. And uh, so uh, and I've noticed that Brother Nathan and them has been sending out a lot of, a lot of stuff about prayer. And uh, you know the last couple of times that I talked, I talked about prayer. And this time ain't going to be any different. Well, praise God. Now, I've listened to none of the stuff Brother Nathan sent out on prayer. 
I'm sorry, I just have. And probably on purpose because uh, you know, there's something about the Word of God. You don't want to feel like, although I don't mind regurgitating something that somebody else is saying, because I know that if they've got the same Holy Ghost I got, they're going to regurgitate the same thing I say, whether they hear me say it or not. For by one spirit are you all baptized into 100,000 million bodies. One spirit, one body. And made to drink of one spiritual drink. And that's why Paul said that you all speak the same thing, that you all mind the same thing, that you all walk by the same rule. And uh, Psalm 30 and 5. Psalm 30 and 5. It says, For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalms 126. I want to I read that whole chapter. I want to start at verse 1. Psalms 126, when the Lord returned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. Now the heathen said, the Lord hath done great things for them. They, they noticed it. They could, see, they could tell. He said, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. And then it says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Bringing his sheaves with him. That's enough for reading right now. Y'all help me pray that God will help us tonight to hear what the word of the Lord would have us to hear. Lord, I need your help today. God, I am but flesh. I am but a man, just mortal. But God, you are from everlasting to everlasting. Your word is true. It's uh, quick and powerful. It's sharper than any weapon that is formed against us. Uh, God, it is a fire that burns in our life. It's the fire of God that, that consumeth, O oh Lord, all the hay, the dross, and the stubble. It's the purifying agent of the Holy Ghost in us today that makes us alive in the Spirit. So help me, God, tonight by your word. God, let it, O oh God, come freely to my heart and my mind. God, help me to speak words that will help your people, God, that would help us, O oh Lord, in this hour to be the church that you need for us to be. 
to be, O oh God, that unit of prayer and of supplication before the Lord that moves the heavens and the earth, O oh God, until souls are born again of the water and of the Spirit freely we have received. Let us freely give unto you in Jesus' name. Help us tonight to receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I don't know. Uh, I can't. I know me and Brother Moore, we talked about it a time or two and maybe said it in the pulpit. But there was one of the messages one of the men preached about the, the guy that lost his luggage. I can't remember who he was, but I think he had an a aunt or a grandmother. A grandmother at home. Now, now, this is the power of prayer in your life. Now, what I want to talk about, uh, I'll get to that in just a, a little bit. Uh, well, he can put that up there now, even, if, if, if you want to. Uh, what I want to talk to us about tonight is no weeping, no reaping. Or no reaping without weeping. Well, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Folks, we got to get there. I, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what you got to do. But here's what I know. When you can get there, things are going to change. God's going to move. And there's not enough enemies in hell to stop it. He said, because upon this rock I will build my church. Everybody say, my church. Everybody say my church. What did he build it on? He built it on a rock. He said, Daniel said, I saw that stone hewn out of the mountain without hands. It came down and crushed all the kingdoms of the earth. He said, and of that kingdom, there will never ever be an end. Talking about the Lord, the Christ. He said, this is the stone that you builders Set aside and put it naught. The same has come, become the head, the chief cornerstone. There's something about building on the foundation of the Lord and the things that he has instituted from the beginning of time. If we'll build on him those things that he has given to us, there's no power, there is no thing that can stop the church of the living God. There is no heresy, there is no pseudo church, there is no pseudo apostolic church that can stop the work of the true church of the living in God but it will prevail but it will prevail but the story goes that 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 this guy left his luggage at home or, or somewhere in another airport or anyhow he didn't have his luggage and he's going to a foreign country and his flight's about to leave and he's out of time. He calls his grandmother. She's a woman that knows how to pray. She's a woman that knows how to touch God. She says, you give me 10 minutes. Said, give me that number. I need a phone number. This back in the day when you had to whatever, you know, it might, might have been a cell phone. I don't know. But anyhow, there was a phone there. And about, he said, in about 10 minutes, that phone started ringing. He went over and picked it up. She said, uh, I tell you what you do. You go down this hall. You turn right right there. You go to the end of that hall, and there's going to be a sign that says, no admittance, no insurance. Don't worry about that. You go through that door. Your luggage will be waiting on you. He 
He goes, he follows the instructions 10 minutes. I'm talking about 10 minutes. I ain't talking about 30 minutes. I ain't talking about an hour. I'm not talking about two hours. I'm not not talking about 21 days. I'm not talking about 40 days. I'm talking about 10 minutes. He said, I walked down. I turned. I went down that aisle. There's a door that says nobody can come in. He goes out. There's a man that's standing behind it. He goes to go through. He opens the door and says, you're here for your luggage, sir. Here's your luggage. Take it on. He said, I run back and I made my flight. There's power in prayer. There's power in somebody that's used to praying who's got the mindset that, hey, I know how to touch God. I've been here before. I know my God. It's not something I hadn't done before, but I have a familiar path to God because I exercise myself in it. And so we, we read these verses we read these verses in Psalm. And, uh, and you know, I, I was praying one morning, all of this stuff, you know, I get it over, over periods of time because I, I get stuff when I'm praying. I, it just, it just, zoom, it just, I don't know, maybe you're not like that, hallelujah, but, but I'll be praying here, I'll be at the house just talking, and I may not even be talking out loud. You know, she's, I hear her, but it's not registering because my mind, it's my mind, it's just not, it's not there. It's not where she is at the moment, but I'm somewhere off somewhere else. And God, he just, I just, the things of the word of God, a past and a present of reading or whatever. And, it, and, I, and I just, it just, it just gets clogged up in there, you know, and, uh, and then I try to remember where it all is and, and, I, and I'm going to write it down so we can, I can put it together for y'all and y'all can hear the word of the Lord and, and God says nah, it's scattered uh, too late you and then when I write it down I don't know what to do with it I go why did I write that down hallelujah so tonight I'm gonna put all the pieces together when they come to me how about that hallelujah praise God but 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 I was thinking, you know, uh, that this this church of the living God, brother Moore, it's a it's it's an entity. It is a it is it is the body. It is the body of Christ. It is a it is the power of salvation unto this present world. The, this right here said. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so you preach the gospel and you tell the good news and every one of you is... You're one of them. Hallelujah. Your life is even a preacher. Well, praise God. And, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. And, uh, and not necessarily what you're doing tonight and what I'm doing tonight. This is not really what you call what this is talking about. To save them to believe. How many here tonight need saving and you don't have the Holy Ghost? And you need God to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. And, you, uh, uh, and that's why you're here. No. 
But he gave you the fivefold ministry for what? For the edifying, for the perfecting of the saints. I talked to Brother Moore the other morning, and sometimes I say things and I hadn't thought about them. It's just at the moment I think about them. Hallelujah. And I just talk about it. And if it sounds right, it sounds good, it's good. Brother Moore says, that ain't right, then it ain't right. Hallelujah. I go a different way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, but he's just nice enough not to say and a lot of times. Hallelujah. I don't know. But, but uh, hey, he gave us a fivefold ministry. It's a form of preaching. Yes, it's a pre- But the preaching of the word is to them that are lost. The preaching of the cross is to them out there foolishness. But to us that believe it is Christ, the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation even. And so, uh, you know, I'm walking and I'm, and I'm praying. I'm talking to God. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I'm going, whoo, man, the network of prayer that we have. Hallelujah. That's why it is imperative that you find a way to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hey, look, he said, and the Spirit, it said, you don't know what you should pray for as you ought. I done talked about this. But it says, but the Spirit, it maketh intercession. Everybody say intercession. It maketh intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. There is a place. It's not speaking in tongues. It's not the other. It is a deep groaning. And it said, Jesus groaned in his spirit. With things that cannot be uttered. It's, the, it's that spirit that prayeth. And Jesus gave the example to Peter. When he was about to deny him three times. He said Satan hath desired to have thee. That he may sift you as wheat. But I'm telling you the Holy Ghost knows where you're going to be tomorrow. He knows where you're going to be after a while. By the campfire. He knows what they're going to say of you. And he knows the fear that's going to grip your heart. And what you may say out of fear. Not because you don't love him. But because you fear the things they may do to your body and to your spirit and your mind but he said he had desired that he may have you to sift you as wheat he said but I have prayed for you that thy faith fail thee not and so the spirit knoweth those things that you have need of And the Spirit knows what you want to pray for. And there's a network of prayer before there was ever a computer, before there was ever any kind of telephones, before there was a telegraph. There was a network of prayer. There's a man right here in the United States. He may be praying, and he enters into a groaning, and he enters into, it may be in tongues, that he don't even understand or know where he is. He don't know he's speaking in tongues. He just knows that he was in a season of prayer. And all of a sudden, he is translated out of his mind and own body and is into a thing or a realm of the spirit where God is praying through him and he's praying for somebody that may be in in Zimbabwe he may be in Detroit he may be somewhere else but God knows the needs and he's got prayer warriors somewhere that'll be praying for you and that God will answer your prayer there's a network of prayer in the church that is more powerful than any bomb it's more powerful than any government it's more powerful than the powers of hell but you got to tap into it. You've got to get familiar with prayer. You've got to get familiar with your God. You've got to know your God. For they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But it's not coming without prayer. 
was a time in, in the prophet Elisha's life. Oh, I love that story. Syrian king, he's, he's out to get Israel. He said, oh, look, well, he told nobody. But I'm going to be over here, okay? And we're going to sneak up on them Israelites. And so it was. And when they got there, the children of Israel was already there, knew all about it. And he got to where, so he says, I want to know who's against us and who is for Israel that's on our side. And the guy said, oh, no, 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 you got it wrong, sir. He says, the prophet Elisha, he said, the Lord God of Israel, he's telling him what you're doing in your bedchamber. That God they serve, <laughs> that God that you know, <laughs> that Jesus that you have come in contact with, <laughs> that God uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, who alone is salvation unto you, uh, who is Jehovah, becomes salvation, or is Jesus the Christ of Calvary, the first, the last. He is the mediator between. He is everything that you need. He stands on both ends, and he fills all the middle. There's nothing he's not in control of. And so he's seeing these things. And the next morning, after he finds out about that, and they find out where he's at, so oh, he's over there in Dothan, not Alabama. You know, there is a Dothan, Alabama, not there. Hallelujah. But he's over in Dothan. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm fixing to put a stop to this mess. And uh, sure enough, they encamped the whole city. They just surrounded it with chariots and horsemen and, and mighty men of war. Next morning, Sermon Elisha goes out and and Brother Moore, he's greeted with a sight that, oh, he said, alas, Master, oh, what are we going to do now? The whole city is surrounded. It's surrounded by a footmen and a horsemen and chariots. And, and, uh, and then they got all kind of armor and stuff. And, and it's, we're completely surrounded. There's no way out or in. What are we going to do? He said, oh, don't worry about that. They that be for us are more than they that be against us. And he said, and then he prayed. He said, God, I just want you to open the eyes of my serpent. Sometimes God just wants a simple prayer out of you that you'll pray that he'll open the eyes of your loved ones. Hey, he'll open the eyes of those that are around about you. He'll open the eyes of this uh, church of God church up here. He'll open the eyes of the Baptist church here. He'll open the eyes of the Methodist church here. Piney Woods over here. Over there on the new life over there. And down the road here at Pine Grove and all the rest wherever they may be. Don't you pray against some new life. Oh right here right this uh, uh, all the churches together whatever that is. Hallelujah. Riverside. Yeah that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well don't look at me like that. They are. I mean that's everybody. They, they went there from everywhere. Hallelujah. And made them a church. Praise God. But don't be against them. Say, God, open their eyes. They that be for us, son. They that be for us be more than they that be against us. Hallelujah. He said, he said, let him see. And when he opened his eyes, there is an angelic host. Hallelujah. Those that are sent to be the messengers of salvation unto you are the 
the people of salvation, they are sent to be the ministers unto you, to, to keep you. The, the angel of the Lord does what? It encampeth around, that's in Psalms, around about them that fear the Lord and that trust in him. And so he said, I see a mighty host. And he opened his eyes and the host of heaven was around about him with angelic beings of fire and of the power of God. I'm telling you, you're never alone. God knows where you are, but there's a season of prayer you got to enter into. There's a season of talking to God that you gotta get into. There's a season of supplication that you gotta get in. You gotta know the voice of God and you gotta be familiar, not in a bad way, but you gotta get familiar with the ways of God and the Word of God to the point where Jesus, when He said it, He said it like this My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. I'm just, just getting started. Oh, I forgot to look at the clock. It's only 7.18. What time are we supposed to get out? 10 or 7? Praise God. I'm just, anyway. I said I wasn't going to do that no more. Hallelujah. Sometimes I, I, I get really concerned. And I told you I'm a strange bird because I, I, I don't know that God likes frivolity. Because he, I never see where he done any or partook in any of that stuff. And he's my chief example. Nobody else is your chief example. You don't look at, you don't look at, forget it. You look at Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, how are you going to know to follow him as he follows Christ if you don't know what Christ done? If you hadn't had fellowship with Christ, and if you hadn't been in communion with Christ, and if you don't know him, how can you know if the man of God is following him or not? Oh, well, I feel, uh, see, there you go again. Well, I don't believe that, uh-huh. Or I don't care what it said. Really? I don't believe God. So you know what God really likes better than he does. And so you'll come in contact with all kind of stuff over the span of your life. But you got to have a, a pure, create. that's why the psalmist says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, O Lord. Because you're going to come in contact and you're going to, uh, you know, have to deal with things uh, that, are, that, that are not like the church. Uh, they are, they're not like Christ. Uh, they're not like the rest uh, of the true believers in Christ when they're walking after the Spirit. But they're after their own flesh and after the world, and they don't understand what they don't know. And to be ignorant is not, uh, it's not bad all the time. To be willing the ignorant is, but because you don't know something is because you don't know something. If you didn't know, this is, this is a pretty good example right here. You could break this door down trying to get out. You see that thing up and down just like that? That knob right there? What's that tell you? It's unlocked, ain't it, when it's up and down? It's supposed to be unlocked. Oh, let's go with this one over here. Well, it's sideways. Hallelujah. That rigs. Well, it's locked too. It is. Well, that one's that way. And this one is this way. 
Anybody know anything about valves? You know. Right? You got a, uh, I even got what it's been so long since I've been to work. I never got what you call that kind of valve. But you got just a handle on it. Right? And you just turn that handle like that and turn it back like this. When that handle, when that handle is at a, at, a, at a 90 like that, what is it? Josh, what is it then? When you look at that handle and it's at a 90 to the pipe. Yeah. It's off or open? When it's, when it's in line with the pipe, what is it? It's open. That's a flow. If you got a line, if you got water and you're on a construction job, you just automatically think that when that valve is in line with that pipe, this is the pipe, and that valve is on there and, and it's like that, it's open. If you pull it like that, it's supposed to be closed. Now, if it's a three-way valve, it'll really mess you up because it's got, yeah, you better know what you're doing then. Hallelujah. Had them on our chemical pumps. It, it had those guys messed up all the time. Well, praise God. But this, I tear this door down trying to get out. But I've got to turn this thing to, to close to get it open. Because this one is not like that one. That's where a little knowledge comes in. You're ignorant of the fact until somebody tells you, hey, that thing's backwards. You know, they, they, they mix that valve up right there, and they put it in there where when it's this way, it's really open. When it's that way, it's closed. And you can get in a world of hurt. And, well, I'm just saying, it's not, it's, it's not a sin to be ignorant if you're not willingly ignorant, Brother Moore. Until, hey, the, when, when he met those disciples of John, he began to tell them the word of God. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, we hadn't heard of that. He said, under what baptism? Then he just automatically knew that something else is probably not right. And when you meet them out there in the world, there may be something else that's not right. If they don't have the Holy Ghost, they probably messed up in their baptism too. He said, under what baptism would you baptize them? Under John Baptist, he said, whoop, you got to fix that. I will baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they come up speaking in tongues. They receive the Holy Ghost just like they did on the day of Pentecost. I'm telling you, there's a way to God. And there's a, it's, it's not a sin to be ignorant. It's a sin to remain ignorant. And so that's where prayer and seeking the face of God comes in. And, and so there's a network of prayer. That's out there for the. I don't care if you've been in church five years or 20 years or 15 or 10 or one day. You're important in the kingdom of God. Now, I know Peter walked with the Lord for three years. But you know how long he had the Holy Ghost when he preached that message on the day of Pentecost? Anybody care to guess? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> he wasn't even full day old yet. And you want to tell me about what God can do? Go fry your hat. You try to talk to somebody else. This ain't your business. It's God's business. He can raise a man up in the day if he wants to. He taught him three years. What's to say that somebody that comes in hadn't been studying the Word of God for 20 years? 
And that they all of a sudden they see the revelation of truth and God puts it on them. Apostle Paul started preaching immediately this one God message, this power of Jesus Christ, this salvation in his name, this baptism in his name, buried with him. God taught it for three years, but he immediately began preaching the word of God and the power of Christ. And so every one of you is important in the kingdom of God because God needs People that know how to talk to him. And so your chief example, he gave you the example of how to pray. And he's called you for a specific purpose. Now the scriptures I read out of Psalms. Thirty and five says, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. And I read 126, I read all of it. And uh, I, I want to make it, can I make just a little segue here and get off of, because this has been troubling my mind a little bit. Put that 126 and 1 up there. And uh, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. And uh, again, I was praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, that's why I. You know, when I get a lot of stuff, and uh, something just come over me, and uh, <laughs> some of you, if you're not careful, you're living in a dream state, and you're going to allow yourself to do things that you should not be doing in a state of. Because you ever noticed, you notice people that sometimes it's almost like they don't. They don't realize what they're really doing until the deed is too late and it's done. And we find ourselves so far that we didn't think we would ever go and be there. I'm telling you, God's word is still, he still exacts the very nth degree of his word. And if he tells you, don't play around with fire, leave it alone. If he tells you, don't fool with the uncircumcised elements of this world and handy, pandy, pander, gander with them, keep your distance from them. I don't care what you think. You're thinking wrong. You're in a dream state. You don't know what you're doing. And when you finally wake up, you're going to find yourself in Babylon. Be like Samson, and wist not that the spirit had departed from him when he shook himself. Now you, you hey, I don't have to spell it out to you. You 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 can't you can't hold hands, you can't hold hands with something out there, and try to hold on to something in here. You forget it. They're gonna win because God said don't do it. 
I don't care how powerful you think you are. You're going to lose. I done seen them. I've seen them do it. Over the years, I've seen many of them. And the end, after 40 years, because they thumbed their nose, in a sense, almost at God. When they left this world, I'm not sure. I'm almost, well, that they didn't make it. I'm talking about people that were powerful at one time in their walk with God seemingly. But you don't play, you don't play with God and think that God's just going to look over that stuff and everything. If you do and you come back to him, you better come back saying, God, I'm so sorry I was wrong. I messed up big time. Would you please forgive me? Don't you thumb your nose and say, well, I did it. God was okay with it. I'm telling you, no, because... Another 10 or 15 years, you'll be outside, and your whole family will be just a. I ain't telling you something I heard about and what I heard preached. I'm telling you what I know and I've seen firsthand, not one time. And so it is, we like them that dream. Then was our mouths filled with laughter. And our tongue. So this is the opposite side of that. We were like them that dreamed because we couldn't believe that we were delivered out of, out of our captivity. And then it goes on to the, uh, let's read verse 4. Verse 4 says, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Then it says this, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth. And weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You'll notice something about what that's saying. The anger of the Lord is not forever. Weeping endureth for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. And so it was that when Jesus was, was walking among us, that when he was coming to the last days, he says, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And the heaviness of the hour and the moment, brother Moore, as he partook of the supper, and was ready to take of the supper and to expose the man that would betray him into the hands of sinners and uh, that that his soul got heavy and it was so that after supper that he went to a place where it said that he would oft go with his disciples and and Judas knew of the place and one of the writers said but uh, and uh, naturally so because he would often go to the garden of Gethsemane and to the, the Mount of Olives to that place there in the in that, in, that, in that garden place. And he would go there to pray. And uh, if you'll notice early in the ministry of Jesus Christ. That it says. One of the writers says it this way. And I've often. And I've noted this. And a brother. Incidentally brother Nathaniel Wilson noted it. That, the, that, that this one author says. And the spirit drove him. Into the wilderness. 
And so the Spirit sometimes, uh, it has a way of, uh, Brother Moore, if it has to drive me, please drive me to the place where I can be useful in the kingdom of God, where I could be a help to my brothers and my sisters, where we can all be saved. Hey, we're in this together. Uh, you're not an island. You, you can't make this by yourself. You can, you can think you can, but you're not going to make it without somebody helping you alone. It said if one walk alone in Ecclesiastes, the preacher said, hey, he falls he don't have any help if he gets in the muck and the mire he don't have any but if two walk together then the one can help him up and the other can pull him out of the mire and they two together they can make the journey and they can keep on walking strong hand in hand as they go along oh how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it's like the oil that flowed down the beard even Aaron's beard and down the garments I'm telling you there's something about getting along together with your brother and sister in the Lord but then he says and a three and a threefold cord is not easily broken you get hooked up with your brother and you got Jesus in the middle of it I'm telling you there is nothing you can withstand there is no power there is no thing that you cannot overcome but God will help you through and if you'll team up with your brother and sister and pray one for another then God will help you through all the mess of this world and of this life but if you can't then you're going to be barren put that last one in Psalms that you had up there back up there again I believe it was the fifth verse 126 am I losing my mind Oh, the sixth verse. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was losing my mind. Thank you, Hunter. Hallelujah. I appreciate you helping me out there with my mind. Help me find it. Read that. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. And so, Shall doubtless come again. Everybody say come again. With rejoicing. This part I like. Bringing his sheaves with him. Now I don't know if you know what a sheaf is or sheaves. It's what you get in the harvest. Seed does not have sheaves until. And Jesus, he, so he goes to the garden. Now, when that goes off, just put it back up there if you want to. I mean, you know, I, if you're not afraid, it's going to burn the screen up. This, I want that to burn into there right here. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so he went to the garden, Brother Moore, and it says, and he... And he began to be even more heavy in sorrow, one of the writers says. And he goes, and, and when he comes to the place, he says, Abide here and pray that you enter not into temptation. And then he says, and some of them say that he took Peter and John with him, a couple of the writers, and J James and John, and he went a little further. And he says, Pray, pray, pray with me. Watch and pray with me. And so he goes a little bit. And one of the writers says, He goes about a stone's throw. 
and knelt down to pray. Now, the writers don't say a whole lot about him weeping and crying. There. But it does say that he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood. It said in being in an agony and an earnestness and an agony of prayer. How many of you ever reached a place of agony and prayer? See, help us, Jesus. And uh, I'm not beating you up. Please, 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 please. That's not, that's not my intent. Brother Moore, I'm not trying to beat him up. Huh? Uh, hey, I, I'm, I'm in this boat just like you are. If I miss it, the chances are you might miss it. And if you miss it, chances are I might miss it. What kind of fool would I be to try to tell you something that's not right? What kind of fool are you if you're trying to believe something that the Word of God is directly against? There's sometimes you don't, you don't have to pray about things that God has spelled out in His Word. Don't even pray about it. Just obey it. You don't need to pray that God will change His mind. He's not going to change His Word just because you want to do something you want to do. Oh boy, I felt like I hit a stump right there. Hallelujah. True anyway. He cares about what you think and that he cares that you think about him in the terms of salvation and pleasing him and being a bride unto Christ. He bought you and paid for you. Oh, man, it's 738. Hallelujah. And uh, what time did I come up here, Brother Andrew? Did you keep up with what time I've been up here? Hallelujah. You didn't? Okay. It's fine then. Everything's good. Hallelujah. don't matter. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so... In that garden, Brother Moore, he prays. And he comes back and he finds Peter and them sleeping. He said, what? Could you not watch and pray one hour? And so Pastor Moore the other night when he said that, it was, it was funny, but it was so heavy. He says, I don't want to be yawning in the face of God. And so in the hour of Peter's temptation, guess what happened? He failed. Could it have been that if he'd have prayed in earnestness like his example was praying, the difference in a stone's throw, just right there, a man was pouring out his spirit, his heart, his life, his whole life was just oozing out of him in his prayer and supplication unto God. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I don't need to have things my way. Oh, but my flesh would love to bypass this if I could. Because I'm all man, just like all of you. But I've got a mission from God. I dare not fail in my mission. I didn't give you all this, I don't think. 
Did I, I gave you Hebrews. Did I give you Hebrews? <laughs> Hebrews 5 and 5 says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, Brother Ford, that only makes sense. What are you talking about? Now you're talking about something. You're, you're off your zipper. I know, but that's okay. Let me be off of it just for a minute. Then it says, who in the days of his flesh, not Melchizedek, but of Jesus. In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cryings and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek forever. Or forever after the order. Or after the order of Melchizedek. And that's forever. Hallelujah. If you read and know about what Hebrews teaches about Melchizedek, he said something's hard to be. On, if you're going down. But the thing I want you to hear is who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cries and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and that he was heard because he feared. And so the man Christ Jesus had to come under the awe of the presence of the Almighty God that was in him. He had to submit the man, the flesh, unto the will of the Spirit. And in the garden, he gave us a, a way that we could see that God would make a way through him. He had to know, he had to know that where I'm going now is the time. And this is the way. And this is the only way. i got to make sure I got this right for the whole world to be saved. If I get it wrong, they're all lost. And so, I didn't get the one that, uh, and I meant to get, Oh. But it said that, uh, and so that he endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. What was that joy, Brother Moore? I'm looking at it right now. It's his darling, his bride. Brother Brennan, he's purchasing a bride. <laughs> He's making him an Eve. But it ain't just from the rib of his flesh. It's, it's, it's that rib of the power of an endless life. 
It's that spirit of the living God that is in you. Of the, it's the Holy Ghost in fire sent down from God out of heaven. He said, I am not just with them, but I shall. I am not just with them, but I shall be in them. It's not on tables of stone anymore, but I'm going to be in their mind, in their heart, in their spirit. I'm going to write myself down in their inward parts, and I'm going to take them places they can't get to on their own, and I'm going to lead them, and I'm going to guide them. I'm the spirit of truth that shall come, and he, when he is come he'll lead you and guide you into all truth hey keep them in thy truth oh lord and then he says in the 17th chapter thy word is truth and then i hear was it in job he says that or psalms oh help me holy ghost Anyway, he says, thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And then it says that he had given him a name that is above every name that is named. A name above every name that is named. There's no name like Jesus. But he has magnified his word above all his name. Because it's the word of God that gives him his name. He is holy. He is righteous. He's altogether lovely. He is alpha. He is omega. He's beginning and the end. He is a first. He is the last. He is I am. And he's outside of all your problems. And he's able to heal you and to save you from all of your stuff. Okay, I got to get through. You're, you're at the end of your endurance to hear and listen. I can see it. Hallelujah. And so, 126 and 6 again. And Peter says it this way. Where, and, and, and it's talking about Jesus. He is a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And Peter says it this way. You got Peter up there? Let's go to that one now. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you sh show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Go back to 126 and 6 again. I'm telling you, it is imperative. It's not, it's not something that we can just think about. It's not something that, that you can just, you know, well, that's not for me and, and wait on somebody else to do it. But if you want this church to grow and we want to see revival, you talked about Joel. He said, this is that. But this is that didn't come till he said, I'm going to restore the years that the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, the locust, my great army that I sent them had eaten. I'm going to restore all that they ate up. He's got a restoration plan in store for you. And it tells him, he says, ye ministers and priests of the Lord, you get between the porch and the altar and you weep and you cry and you sound a trumpet in Zion and call a solemn assembly and call a feast and call a prayer and call a supplication and weep and cry and let God come in and give you the former and the latter rain that you may be healed. You ain't going to get there without that. Because you got precious seed. I mean, you don't have anybody that you want to see filled with the Holy Ghost. You ain't got no loved ones you want to see saved. You ain't got nobody you want to see saved. Ain't no one of you. 
He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Brother Moore, I got some precious seed. I call their name every day. Paul said, and often I pray for you even weeping. Precious seed. Precious seed. Seed can't germinate and grow. It's not coming out of the ground without moisture, Brother Moore. You can't expect those seed to do anything if you don't do any watering. There's no reaping without weeping. The seed's going to lie dormant in your bosom until you get something on the inside of you and say, I've got to see this seed terminate and I've got to see it grow. I've got to find a place where Jesus, he even with strong cries and weeping, he called out to God in the garden until his sweat became great drops of blood. There is a place and a time of prayer where you got to get, where you can make intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. you got to enter into a place that you can't get just by just by accidentally praying and just by doing things just because that's what you supposed to do. No, when you have presented your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, it is your reasonable service. Know you that you are still unprofitable. You have got to go beyond. Am I making any sense? Brother Moore, you know, after, after Erica was gone, my cries and my prayings were too late. If I hadn't have done some of that before time, I don't know what the end would have been. But after that, the cries and the prayings were too late for it to make a difference in the outcome. Or as the tree falleth, so shall it lie. It doesn't matter who that is. It goes for all people across the board. You're not going to say, I'm a child of God and I don't, I don't have to fall under that. No, 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 no. It rains on the just and the unjust just the same. You are, you're still, you're a, hey, 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 you better be careful. <laughs> well, you think you're walking when you can't walk in a place where God hadn't meant for you to walk. And so if you'll stand, come on, if you'll come to the music. I just want to know... <laughs> I just want to know tonight, how long has it been since you have just, till God just overtook you with sobs and you couldn't even speak because you were crying so hard and sobbing before the Lord because of angst and because of, because of a burden and, and, and a, No reaping without weeping. I'm watching a church today that has almost forgotten what it is to weep. 
when it comes to themselves and all, and what maybe but it says you're bearing precious seed not yourself you're bearing precious seed 126 and 6 shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. All oh, the promise in that scripture. Bringing his sheaves with him. And then he says, you take that first fruit and that sheaf of the harvest that belongs to me and you wave it before the Lord. <laughs> then shall my morning back in the 30th chapter if you finish that up, then my morning shall be turned into dancing. Whew, hallelujah. You know why? Doubtless. Weeping and doing for the night of joy. Because in the morning, in the morning, harvest time. Because weeping. And the fruit has Look into the fields for the harvest truly is white. The fields are truly white under the harvest. Oh, but God, he needs laborers to go. He that goeth forth weepeth, bearing precious seed. Have you got precious seed tonight? How many want to see your community saved? How many of you feel like that, oh, that God is trying to, to, to drive you into a place of intercessory prayer? That God is trying to, 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 to drive you beyond your own will into a place where He can, he can use your prayer life and, and use your tears to water the seed of the harvest. That we can bring our sheaves when we awake out of our dream state. But there's no reaping without weeping. What I want to know is, is there anybody here that would like to be in a, used of God into a place where he can use you for the glory of the kingdom of God? You might be that grandmother. You may be a grandfather. That what you do is pray. And in a moment of time, when you hear the call of need, that God gives you the answer and you can tell the answer because God talks to you. You're not a preacher. and may not be the son of a preacher. But you're a child of God that says, hey, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to talk to God every time I get a chance. If, if you don't have me, Brother Dennis Lewis years ago said, if his uncle and aunt, if you didn't have them just directly Especially, I think his uncle, but his uncle and aunt, he said, if you didn't have him expressly in a conversation with him, that he liable to leave you talking to auntie or vice versa. And they would go into their room and be praying. The next time you look for them, they would be in prayer. And all the miracles that God wrought because of prayer. One preachers. One great orators of, of things.
but prayer. But intercession. And I looked and I wondered that there was no intercessor. And so the Lord himself came. And when he came, he made a way so he could have a bunch of intercessors that make up the body of Christ. He was the man, the body, naturally. Now you are. So would you like to talk to God about where we are today? I don't know about you, but I want to go beyond where I've ever been. Not that I've been so far, but I want to go beyond even my imagination. So if you would, if you would come up here, if you would just talk to God and be earnest in your, in your heart and your spirit. I've seen some of you in times past. We need to be there again. We need to be there again. The church needs the fire of God. We need to hear the crying out in the temple of the Lord. We need to hear, we need to hear it, we need to hear it, we need to hear it, we need to hear it. God needs to hear your voice. He's bottling up, he's bottling up the prayers, he's bottling up the tears. Would you call out to him? Would you talk to him? Is it too much to ask to spend some time in prayer? I don't know if it takes an hour. I don't know if it takes two hours. I don't know if it takes three hours. I don't know if it takes four. All I know is that there's a place in Him.
When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. When I just sang another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. You make more difference than you know. There was a time when God began to smite the children of Israel with a plague. When I've come to fight I'm sorry. They come again. I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. God was so great that He sent a plague out among them. Caught up in your grace. Get your sensor and put fire in it, Aaron. I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. He called you to stand between the dead and the living today. And to stop the plague of sin. I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me. I 
I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you.
nothing else, nothing else will do.
Yeah. 